Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Thursday morning, Eagles fans. This is Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jordy McDonald. Uh, we are still working our way through the stages of grief. Uh, I don't know. If <laughs> what stage we at? Denial or whichever one. I don't even know which what, what they are. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite, the Kubler-Ross model. I love it. Is it? Can Kubler. you spell Kubler? I can't. Uh, it's like K. You got one of those German... Uh, it's a German name. So, an what um, are they called? The little an umlaut. There we go. Umlaut. Is there an umlaut in there somewhere? There is. There is. Where, well where done, by the way. Good pull with the umlaut. I love it. <laughs> I can't spell it, but I know what an umlaut is. Uh, yeah, working our way through stages of grief after the Eagles' thirty-eight, thirty-five loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. And speaking of grief, uh, I, I know when. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say today because uh, we've <laughs> talked about it as much as we have uh, since Birds 365 got started, as a matter of fact. Uh, and that's about the Eagles now former defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. I, I was doing a show last night on WIP. I was filling in for Joe Giglio. So I was on earlier than the <clears> UTM, <throat> six o'clock. So I listened a bunch to the station during the day and the amount of hate. <laughs> and I select that word very specifically for Jonathan Gannon just floors me. I, I get it. They came up small in the Super Bowl. His defense was a major contributing factor to the Eagles losing. Uh, you can be disappointed, upset about the way the Eagles played defensively. Some of the calls Gannon made, some of the plays his defensive players made, that's kind of on them. Uh, but it, I get it. In the moment, Jonathan Gannon is a guy you're not going to be happy with. But the fact that he's leaving 
and the fact that they're going to have to replace him and the fact that he ran the number two defense in the <clears throat> NFL this past season seems to be completely irrelevant. This guy's a bum. We're going to be better without him. Uh, does he like take up two parking spots at the mall? Does he not poop the poop when he gets his dog out? <clears throat> Believe he... me, I, I, I have tried to figure this out. You know, I forget who it was. It might've been Ruben. You brought it. it might've been Ruben. Um, somebody gave me a theory that, you know, he's, you know, he's, when he puts on a suit, he's pristine. He's very, he's very uh, uh, sharp. Uh, he's very, um, he's not hard scrabbled. He's not Buddy Ryan. He's not, you know. And I said, eh, maybe, maybe he's not connecting uh, with the fan. I guarantee, if every single one of them met him, they'd like him inside of five minutes. Uh, he's one of those people that wins people over really quick. But um, I don't know. I can't figure it out, Jody. I, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's absurd. You know, there, by the way, there's plenty of reasons to criticize Jonathan Gannon. And I know everybody knows I get along with him. I, 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 I don't hide from it. I got a lot of respect for the guy. I think he's one of the best young defensive coaches in football. Um, and I'm not the only one. The rest of the league right. thinks that. So uh, we're either, we're all wrong. Found plenty. Yeah, um, the, the National Football League thinks yeah. very highly of him too. Yeah, so I mean, maybe we're all wrong. Maybe, maybe you're right, and maybe we're all wrong. And I'm talking to the critics, obviously. But, uh, um, you, you know, I I think it's ironic that the things I criticize him for in the Super Bowl are the exact opposite of what people think went on. And the fact that you asked me all week, Jody, like two weeks. You know, how are they going to stop Travis Kelsey? How are they going to stop Travis Kelsey? And I said, quarters, 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 quarters. They're going to do what they do. They didn't do what they did. They changed from what they typically did. The classic, you got extra time, paralysis by over and out, whatever you want to call it, 63% uh, man coverage. This team doesn't play man coverage. And all of a sudden, they show up in the Super Bowl, and they're playing a bunch of man coverage, and they're running around like the Keystone Cops. That's the criticism. That's it. That's it. And I think that's a valid criticism. The the all the other the the trope nonsense. It's too soft coverage. Every time a good quarterback shows up, I mean, I I I got people pulling tape from Jacksonville. They got beat on the same play, uh, in whatever that was, week four, early in the season. You know, Doug Peterson, obviously Andy Reid, but 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 people. The Eagles run the same damn plays every time. What do, what, what do you think goes on in the NFL? Because you see a play once, all right, we got that locked down. We're never going to get beaten by that play again. How many times the Eagles run inside zone? How many times the Eagles run outside zone? How many times the Eagles run RPOs successfully? How many slant patterns do you see to A.J. Brown? How many, how many, how, how many deep shots to A.J. Brown when they see man-to-man coverage. Same play after same play. But in Philadelphia, if you see it once in week four, you can never get it beaten by it again. Right. Supposed to be able to stop it for the rest of all time. I I mean, I saw Chris Carter run that same damn play without the bells and whistles for a decade into the Hall of Fame. It's just a leverage play. You start motioning back and forth. 
you see who's following you and you try to out leverage you. If he's trying to beat you to the other side, you rip back. He did it. He, he did it for a decade and he wasn't a pass guy, but wide receiver wise. I mean, I don't know, Jody. I don't understand the mentality other than they need somebody to blame. And he's, he's in the easy scapegoat to blame. But the bottom line is, and I've looked this up today, and I didn't know how you're going to start the show, so it wasn't about that. So I looked up the entire season from, from uh, Pro Football Focus. This was their second worst defensive performance of the season in the Super Bowl. And part of it was Patrick Mahomes, and part of it was was uh, um, Andy Reid. But they didn't play. The players didn't play well. This league is about execution. Now you can blame teaching um, uh, to other teams, and you look at some bad defenses, and you can blame scheme. But this is a team that was second in the NFL, and good players are doing uncharacteristic things. Then he had some bad luck with the field and Hassan Reddick, who played one of his worst games of the year. That's a defensive player of the year candidate who plays one of his worst games of the year. And we all thought, oh, that's a big advantage, Reddick versus Andrew Wiley. Well, guess what? It wasn't. You know, this league's about players. It's more, but coaching is more important than this league than any other professional sport, but it's still about the players. And by the way, Jonathan Gannon says that all the time when he gives up seven points. It's about the players. I'm not out there. Right. They're the ones executing. They're the ones not executing. I mean, blame the players, at least first. Right. Gannon gets his fair share of the blame, but to hear it from some of the Eagle fans in town, he gets all of the blame. The, it is, uh, we, we, I, I've been doing this for a long time, and it just always boggles my mind when the team does well. It's because the players are good. When a team does badly, it's because <laughs> the coaches suck. Yeah. It, it, it's the way a lot of fans look at it, which is just completely unfair. They don't want to call their players on the carpet, but they got no problem calling their coaches on the carpet, which I think is is foolish. And I did say this last night, and let me explain. I would bet really good money right now that the Philadelphia Eagles defense next year Sons Jonathan Gannon, who can't coach his way out of a paper bag that could be replaced by anyone. I'm banking on the Eagles defense not being as good next year as it is this year. And a part of that is going to be the fact that Jonathan Gannon is going to be difficult to replace. But a bigger part of it is they're going to have to replace some significant players. Now we're back to Johnny Max. Hey, how about the players? Don't they count for anything? The Eagles have so many free agents on defense. It's going to be difficult to keep, I would say, even half of them if you want to get the Jalen Hurts contract done, which means you're going to be uh, hoping that some players, either cheaper free agents and or draft picks, are going to be able to step in and play to the level of the players that they're losing. Good luck with that. If Jonathan Gannon is that bad, then this Eagles defense should be able to be the number two ranked defense in the NFL next year. I don't think it's happening to you. No. I mean, that's an easy bet. I mean, if you can get that bet, take it. I mean, if if, if you can get an over-under bet on being number two defense in the NFL, 16 yards behind number one, uh, take that bet. 
I mean, I'd say take that bet if Jonathan was here. Take that bet. Right. Um, that's going to be de- – that's been one of my issues of the sense of urgency. you got to take advantage of the spot. It's going to be very difficult to get back to this situation. 70 sacks, take that bet. <laughs> They're not getting 70 sacks Under. next year. Take that bet. Um, yeah, I, I don't – people are unrealistic. That's the only thing I can uh, uh, say. You know, it's all contextual. Um I always, I always say Kansas City, look, Kansas City was every bit as bad defensively as the Eagles were. Um, I, I'm sure there's a few contrarians in Kansas City getting on spags like there were here when Jim Schwartz gave up all that yardage in the Super Bowl. But Brandon Graham, a player, by the way, saved him. Um, you know, if Brandon Graham, the same player, saved Jonathan Gannon, You'd have a few people, but it would be much less. Um, it's about the players, man. And, 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 you know, Darius Slay, hell of a player. Hell of a player. Just, you know, do your job. What Bill Belichick, constantly, his mantra, do your job. Do your job. These guys running around like knuckleheads. Right. Well, I, I've talked about miscommunication in this defense since the beginning of time. The Eagles did it better than anybody. So many teams run this defense. The Eagles did it better than anybody. In the Super Bowl, they didn't. In the Super Bowl, they was, might as well have been Minnesota. You know, running around like, what, what, what are you doing? What? I, I don't know. I Now, if you, you – certainly – Coaching staff, I, I but my, you know, from talking to a lot of coaches over the years, I'm pretty sure they made the players aware. Hey, you know, you made a mistake here. Don't do it again. Human beings are human beings. It's never going to be perfect, but you expect Pro Bowl players to play like Pro Bowl players. And a lot of guys, and those are two examples. Great, 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 great. Let me say that again. Great players, Hassan Reddick. Darius Slay did not play like great players in the Super Bowl. Question on uh, the replacement for Jonathan Gannon and uh, the internal top candidate seems to be Denard Wilson. You've been around him. You don't get a chance to talk to him as much as you do the coordinators who have dedicated meetings every single week. But I know Gannon has been asked about him and has uh, called him his right-hand man. I know the Eagles have to have at least one interview of someone outside the organization to satisfy the Rooney rules. Um, What do you think the timing on this is going to be? Is is it something that they need to get done within the next couple of days? Is it something they can take their time on? How do you think it plays out time-wise? I think it doesn't play out. There's no hurry, obviously. There's nothing going on from that perspective. And I think the Eagles already know what they want to do, but they have to go through – as you mentioned, they have to go through uh, some policies of the NFL and bring in people from outside the organization. So, you know, a lot of times, too, remember when you have these uh, Rooney Rule situations, like everybody knows what Bill is going to do, especially offensively. They know. So, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get somebody to come in um, who knows they're not getting a job, to be blatantly honest. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of issues 
uh, with the with that rule and and hurdles and makes it a little bit more difficult. Now, you know, there's some guys who just want to get their name out there and say, "Yeah, I'll take the interview and it'll get done." But there's no hurry, um, and you do have to come over those hurdles. I think you know, I think it's obvious. Like I said, offensively, it's obvious the way they're going. Defensively. It's a little bit more open-ended. It is, you know, they might look at something a little bit more seriously outside the building. Um, but again, that depends on a lot of different things, starting with the scheme. Um, you know, maybe they want to uh, be a little bit more aggressive. I don't know. The fans want them to be. Uh, ultimately, I think they're going to keep the same scheme because, it, it, and, and Nick Sirianni is not the only one. Their offensive coaches around this league think this is the most difficult defense to deal with scheme-wise. I don't know why. Sean McVay says it. Kevin O'Connell says it. Um, um, Nick says it. Uh, on and on and on. They say this is the most deep. From an offensive perspective, this is the defense most difficult to deal with. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you from that standpoint. It drives me crazy just like it drives everybody else. Right, crazy. and uh, I'm not as big a detractor as you are, but I understand your critique of it. Now everybody's playing it. Half the league is playing it. When it was unique, when it was a little yeah. different, you could say, oh, shoot, we're not used to playing yeah, against yeah, this. Yeah. It causes matchup problems for us. Now that as many teams in the league play it as do – then you should be used to it. As you just said, oh, you see a play once, you should be able to stop it from now until eternity because it's on film once you should be able to say, no, if you haven't seen it in months, yeah, you might have a mental breakdown on that play. Boom, here goes a walk-in touchdown. You're playing, somebody's playing some type of a Fangio defense. I don't know a week-in, week-out basis oh, yeah. in the league. It's ridiculous. Yeah, there's always a tipping point. We've already been through this with Tony Dungy's cover two. Pete Carroll's cover three. We've already been through this. Like that everybody copies and then it gets to a tipping point where too many teams are using it. You get used to it and then it starts going in the other direction. That was my problem with the Eagles in the first place. I want the, you know, if you could find the guy who's got the next thing, but that's easier said than done, right. obviously. Everybody wants to be cutting edge. And we try to be cutting edge here on Birds 365. Don't know if we achieve it, but we try. Uh, we will be cutting edge because we'll bring up one of our favorite guests. He does a great job covering the Eagles for Bleeding Green Nation. John Stolnes going to be guest number one here today on this Thursday edition of Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one. And we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. John McMullen, I'm Jody McDonald. That makes us Mac and Mac here on Birds 365, and we try and bring you good guests each and every single show. We've accomplished that today because John Stolness from Bleeding Green Nation jumps in with us here on Birds 365. J.S. Harrison Butker kicks it through the uprights. All right, yeah, yeah, the Eagles got off one more play. Quick kickoff, and then Jalen Hurts, unfortunately, either stepped on somebody's ankle or slipped, didn't come close to throwing a good Hail Mary to end the game. Uh, pick whichever of those two plays uh, you so choose. What's the first thing that went through your mind of the what ifs? Well, what if this had happened? What if that had happened? What was the biggest what if for you in the Eagles loss to the Chiefs on Sunday? Yeah, I, I wrote a story for Bleeding Green Nation this week with the five woulda, coulda, shouldas. And I think I, I as the last few days have gone on, realize I forgot probably five or seven more. <laughs> it could have been 10 or 12 in that article. Um, I think the, the biggest butterfly effect one for me was in the second quarter when the Eagles are driving, they have the ball just past midfield. Uh, they've got a third and one. They're lining up for a QB sneak. They're up 14 to seven. They, they just forced a three and out on the chiefs. And it looks like they're about to take control of the super bowl. And you get an Isaac Sayamalo false start, which pushes him back to third and six. On the next play, Jalen Hurts, for some reason, just drops the football, kicks it away. It bounces right to the Chiefs. They run it in for a touchdown. All of a sudden, the momentum flips. It's 14-all. And even though the Eagles went into halftime with a 24-14 lead and and had a a 10-point lead that they really should not have relinquished in the second half, I thought that game could have been put away 
by halftime to the point where none of those second half heroics would have been necessary in order for the Eagles to, to win that Super Bowl. Just one slight little hesitation by Isaac Samalo, I think started a, a cavalcade of misfortune and mistakes and errors that ultimately led to the Eagles not winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you, John. I thought it was over at halftime. Yeah. I really did. did I? They dominated They dominated the first <laughs> half so much. Um, and I think the halftime and the, and the differences in the Super Bowl, I think that's an understated. I think that's something you need experience. Kansas City's had experience with it. And then the field was a disaster and all that kind of stuff with Rihanna. A lot of intangible things that you can't really measure. Um, you know, Jody brought this up, so I want to know. You're giving uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross a little too much credit today. But the Kubler-Ross model, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Where are you on the scale? Uh, I'm kind of in the anger mode at the moment. I think... <laughs> You know what's weird is I, I did the I did the BGN radio immediate reaction post game show right afterwards. So twenty minutes after the end of the game, I'm 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 podcasting and at that moment I was largely in acceptance mode. I, I was thinking about how well Patrick Mahomes played, the fact that Andy Reid really called a brilliant second half and so much had happened that I haven't I hadn't really been able to pick apart all of the little different ways in which things in which the Eagles shot themselves in the foot and in which the football gods just simply said, nope, not your night, not happening tonight. As the days have gone on, it's been harder for me to accept, which is which is unusual for me. After the Phillies lost the World Series, I think I was more emotionally upset about it. And then very quickly thereafter, I started to be able to appreciate everything they went through. The hollowness with which the 2022 Eagles season ended I think was really hitting home in the days after because you realize they're not going to get another chance. The last time we saw Jalen Hurts make a play was on that two-point conversion, and I, I think we all thought there would be another opportunity for him. He would get another chance. Like That wouldn't be the end of the story for Jalen Hurts' season right there. And when the game ended the way it did with the referee's call and the Eagles not getting another chance to go down and kick a field goal after you thought emotionally for a moment, they got the big third down stop. They're going to get the ball back and, and the letdown from, from the call by the official. Those things, and, and now you get all the all 22 analysis of what the defense did wrong. And you're seeing, like you talked about, John, the field slippage so that the outside rusher is a huge part of what we thought was going to be important in this game, completely negated by the field and, and Hassan Reddick and Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat not being able to get home. All of those things, as they start to get put together, have made it harder for me to accept this Super Bowl loss as the days continue. All right, let me ask you about one more what if. And it came with about 10 minutes to go in the game. Um, Eagles have it third and two on their own 32-yard line, incomplete pass. And Nick Sirianni decides to punt. Mm -hmm. Nick has kind of set his own bar. He is Mr. Aggressive. He is the guy who goes for it on fourth down. But they were at their own 32. It wasn't mid Yeah, Their yeah. own 32. And, of course, here comes Aaron Sipas with the lousy punt. And back we come to the five-yard line. So that just adds to the uh, pain of them not going for it on fourth down. I've heard some people give him a hard time and go, how can Nick get away from what Nick is? I didn't. I thought, of course, he's got to punt. The I didn't even think about it, by yeah, the way. I didn't, yeah. I, I'm surprised. I'm glad you brought that up, Jody. And I want to you to chime in on this show i'm surprised how many people criticize that to me i didn't even 
I didn't even think about that. You're at the 30, you're at your own 32. Now, if it's plus field, yeah, go for it. I'm okay. I'm with you. But 32, I think there was a lot of emotional criticism. We're mm-hmm. going to get into it with Jonathan Gannon, but yeah, the fourth and three, did did that upset you at all? No, in the moment it didn't. I thought they have to kick it here. And yeah. I think people are pointing to the fact that they went for it against the 49ers the, two weeks before in the championship game on their own. I think it was 36. Yeah. But the big the was, big difference is that it was fourth and one. Yeah. And you knew push, with the quarterback push, sneak. Push, push. You, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know they're converting that. With fourth and three, with the and it was on the broadcast. It said for if you look in the game log, it said fourth and three. So I, I'm I've been going with fourth and three. That is not a gimme. That is that Ooh. is a a fifty fifty proposition. I think at best, even as good as Jalen Hurts is and the Eagles' offense is, and at that point you're down one. If you turn the ball over there, I think the I think not if we'd have known that Aaron Sipos was going to shank the punt, obviously we go for it in that situation, but you don't expect that to happen. You expect him to hit the punt where it's supposed to go for the Eagles to go down and cover and get yourself a little bit of field position other than just handing Kansas city, at least three points, if not more, if we'd known they were going to return it to the five, you go for it, but you don't, you don't don't know that in the moment. And in that spot on the field with it being fourth and three, I don't go for it. If it's fourth and one, yes, I go for and, it in that spot. And oh, by the way, if you don't get it, you're turning the ball over to what Josh Johnson last week. You, you're yes. giving it to Josh Johnson. It's compared to giving it to Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City offense. Yeah. A little bit of a difference as to how much you're uh, just handing points right. to the other team, the probability thereof. All right. Um, well, let's do the Jonathan Gannon thing. John and I talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, John's a big fan. I'm a pretty damn big fan. Maybe not as big as John, but I'm certainly more of a fan than a detractor. I get it. For those people who don't like him and the defense came up small in the Super Bowl, big picture, whatever you want. The, the, the level of disdain, the amount of hatred that this guy gets <laughs> boggles mine and John's mind. Do hey, you got an explanation for it? Is like I asked John, is he like the are there viral videos I haven't seen of him picking on kids? The way that people <laughs> talk about him, you think like he's an evil person. Yeah. I don't get the the true level of hatred for this guy running his you know what out of town. Why is it that Eagle fans dislike this guy as much as they do? I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan of Jonathan Gannon. I'm happy. I'm one of the people who is happy that he's gone. And I don't, it's not that I have a personal dislike for him. I just thought that his defense and his defensive philosophy specifically had a ceiling on it. And I think we saw that against, against Patrick Mahomes. And we've seen that when he's, when he's played a good quarterback going back to last year, eight games against Mahomes, Brady, Herbert, Dak, Carr, Aaron Rodgers this year. He's the defense has given up about 35 points on average in, in, in all of those different games. Now I understand those are great quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks will have great days against even the best defensive minds in, in football. But I think we didn't ever see him shut down a great quarterback one time in the two years that, that he was here. And I think even more than that, the level to which they were unprepared to deal with what Kansas city was throwing at them and to not, not to, to not change things up. Once you saw what the field conditions were like, that your front four was not going to be able to generate the kind of pressure that you needed them to generate in order to do what you want on the back end. They just made things way too easy for Mahomes. There were just way too many guys who were wide open. And I thought, I thought that the defense did not come out particularly prepared 
for what Kansas City was was going to throw at them. I, I look back to how Kansas City performed against Jacksonville and Cincinnati the two previous weeks. He had a much tougher road against those defenses than he did against the Philadelphia defense. I did not like how they were they, that they were giving so much space on some of these plays, especially in the second half when you could when you already had one half of football and three quarters of football to see that what you had been doing wasn't working. I just thought there was a lack of adjustment in this game. And for, for an Eagles defense that had as much talent on the field, maybe one of the most talented defenses in terms of personnel, maybe this team has ever had before to give up 24 uh, second half points to the, to the Kansas city offense, I thought was, was, was awful. And I don't see if you're the Arizona Cardinals, how you can watch that film and say, that's my guy. I, I just I, I think that there's better out there. I did not think Gannon got the most out of the personnel that he had this year. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm not picking on you, John, but sure. I, 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 I hear that word adjustments all the time. I, mm-hmm. I don't like that word for for this reason. One, most fans and again, not you, but most fans, they just say that word as a cure all as yeah. a you got to make adjustments. Well, what are those adjustments? Then I go back to the first half you and I were talking about. We were on the same page. Why the hell are you making adjustments from the first half? You dominated the game. Why are you going into halftime and saying, I got to make adjustments? They're dominating the football game. They should have been up 24-7. They were up 24-14. Everything's going to plan. And, and, And my last point would be, look, Hassan Reddick is a great player. Some bad luck. Defensive player of the year candidate. Everybody knows how much I love Slay. All pro corner, one of the best corners in football. James Bradbury, career year, phenomenal. Those guys play bad football. At what point do we blame the players? Yeah. I mean, that, 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 but what, I guess, first off, what is he adjusting to when you dominate a first half? I think the issue is Kansas City didn't have the ball much in the first half. So you're right. They didn't there wasn't a whole lot to see except for that opening drive um, with with how open Kelsey was. And and the fact that you could tell that they were not going to be able to get to get home on on Patrick Mahomes. I thought the one of the adjustments they should have made was to shore up the running game. And they didn't ever do that in the second half, even in the even in the limited time that Kansas City had the ball in the first half. They were getting five five, six yards on first down, running the football, setting up way too many third and shorts. The Eagles defense on first down were losing every time. And it was putting Kansas city into very makeable third down plays where you couldn't just go all out with a pass rush on third down. You, you, you didn't force them into very many passing situations where you knew that Mahomes had to chuck the ball up where then you can stunt Hassan Reddick, where you can bring an extra, bring an extra guy. I, I thought Gannon came into the game Understandably, the Kansas City did not have a great run game coming into the game, but once you saw how things were playing out there, especially, I would say, into the fourth quarter. I, I hear you. Maybe you don't come out in the third quarter and change things up, but once you get into the fourth quarter and, and you see what's working and what's not working, you, you might work on shoring up the run game so that they're not getting second and four. And they're not getting third and two every, every single time. That's one of the big adjustments I would have made. And I think we saw that with Gannon in the games against the 49ers and the Giants. He focused on stopping the run game in, in those particular games. Again, because probably not as worried about the quarterbacks in those particular games. But 
you have to get yourself into into third and longs in order to give your defense a chance to get to Patrick Mahomes and, and force a turnover. And I don't think on the early downs, as the game went along in the late third, fourth quarter, he did enough to say, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna give them five and six yards on first down every time." We mentioned this earlier about the stages of grief, and you said. Yours were a little out of whack because you had gotten to accept it <laughs> shortly after the game. But now you're in anger. Yeah. Let me deal with anger. All right. I'm hoping a lot of the Philadelphia Eagle players are in the anger stage. And I hope they stay there like all offseason. Mm-hmm. So they carry that anger with them into training camp. So they come in with a bit of a chip on the shoulder because they know they were this close to taking down a chip. Is this a good group for that? Do you see that in a lot of Eagle players that uh, one of the things we'll like about this team when it shows up for camp is, oh, yeah, they're all showing up with an attitude that uh, they were this close and they're not going to let that happen again. I 100% believe Nick Sirianni is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and Jalen Hurts will come in. Jalen Hurts has a chip on his shoulder all the time. So, (laughs) and I think that, I think that filters down from those two guys and that will be the tone. I think you're right from training camp on. We have unfinished business. We got we got so close. They were, I mean, when you talk about how close this Super Bowl is, they were one play away from, from winning this Super Bowl. One sack, one turnover, one bounce of the football, one stop, one false start penalty, one holding penalty, any any one of the 12 tiny things that didn't go their way in the Super Bowl, they're, they're Super Bowl champions. That's got to eat at them this entire summer. So I do think they'll have that chip on their shoulder, and I think they'll still be an ex- extremely talented team in 2023. And that, of course, means more than having the chip on your shoulder. But they're going to they're gonna be hungry. There's no doubt they're going to be hungry. Uh, and I think it all comes from the head coach, and it comes from the quarterback. Um. You're right, by the way, with Nick Sirianni, his competitiveness, Jalen Hurts. Um, but I will say, you know, this team's going to lose some talent, um, specifically on the defensive side of the football. Um, it's going to be very difficult to keep uh, James Bradbury. It's going to be very difficult to keep uh, one of your linebackers. And they're probably not even going to try to keep one because Nicobe Dean is waiting in the wings. Um, safety, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Do you want to pay him $14 million? That's a big chunk of change for a, for a safety who had a career season. Is it going to continue moving forward? Um, defensive line, you have Brandon Graham, you have Fletcher Cox, you have Javon Hargrave. All these decisions you got to make Oh, and by the way, you got to extend the quarterback from 47 to 52 million. We'll put it in that range. How he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, I bring, we'll, we'll go back again and again because you just mentioned the ceiling of this team. The ceiling of this team was number two defense, 16 yards behind number one. They're a play away from winning the Super Bowl. The assumption, I think, from a lot of people is we're going to be right back you lost your offensive coordinator. You lost your defensive coordinator. We all think Brian Johnson's going to be the next OC, probably Denard Wilson, but there may be more wiggle room at DC. Those guys were behind these guys for a reason. We saw it with Andy Reid back in the day. Once you saw, we saw it with Doug Peterson. Once you start losing good assistant coaches, 
it becomes more difficult. Did the Eagles miss their shot? History tells you that there's a good chance they did. And that's why this hurts so much. Um, they might, you know, they could conceivably have a better team next year on the field and things go wrong and you not get as far. You, you run mm -hmm. into bad luck in a, in a divisional round or um, who knows how much the Cowboys are going to do this offseason to improve themselves in the division. I think we forget about the fact the Cowboys were awfully good this year during the regular season. Dak Prescott has the Eagles number usually when they play, uh, but we haven't we didn't see Jalen versus Dak this year. So that certainly will be fun, but they have the best quarterback in the NFC. And when you have that and really he's one of maybe two or three elite quarterbacks in your conference, you have as good a chance as anybody else to get back to the Super Bowl every year, as long as he's healthy and effective. So you have confidence in, in Jalen Hurts, at least, and you have, in, you have confidence that so much of the offensive nucleus, you mentioned free agents, most of those all on the defensive side. The offensive nucleus is largely intact. you got to figure out running back. Uh, we don't know if Kelsey is coming back, and you, you, don't, and you don't know about Isaac Sayamalo. I think most people think he's probably leaving. You did draft some guys in this last draft, with the idea that they would be able to step in. Jordan Davis should be able to step in for Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargrave in some capacity next year. And supposed to be, he's supposed to be an impact player. He should be an impact player in year two. Cam Jurgens should be able to take over at center or at guard for one of those two guys in year two and be effective. Nicobe Dean should be able to take over for TJ Edwards or Kaiser White in one of those two, those two spots in year number two. That's why you drafted those guys, and you're going to have some high draft picks in this draft as well. So you give yourself a chance, and if I'm not mistaken, the Jalen Hurts contract extension, the big number might not kick in until after next year, right? I mean, you, you get to still have him on the rookie deal in 2023, so you can still build up the team around Jalen Hurts, especially on the defensive side, with a bunch of one-year deals like they did this year. We saw how well that worked out. There are some guys I would certainly target. I think CJGJ is my number one offseason free agent signing because of his age. He's still really young. He's much younger than the other free agents that are out there. Uh, if you can sign Bradbury to a contract that makes sense, he'd probably be my number two. With Hargrave, I worry about him declining as he's getting older into his 30s now. So I'm not sure that I would hitch my wagon to a long-term deal to Javon Hargrave, especially when you have Jordan Davis, the guy you drafted last year, to supposedly help you at that position. But there are a number of questions, like you mentioned. The defense is going to look very different next year, but they still have Hassan Reddick. They still have Josh Sweat. They still have Darius Slay, Avante Maddox. Um, you're going to have some decisions to make other places, but you're bringing back a team that, like you said, is hungry. They should have enough of a nucleus to make another run at this thing, and you have the best quarterback in the conference. All right, John, you mentioned next year could be a better team and just – the, the break doesn't go your way. It goes against you rather than for you. Uh, I will I'll run the ire of the Eagle fans here. Kind of like the 49ers when Brock Purdy yep. went down and the game was over and done with. If that's Jalen Hurts, we're going, oh, my God, what the hell happened? Well, we laugh because it happened to Brock Purdy. It, it, it could go the other way next year. Yep. And if it does, and oh, by the way, up until kickoff on Sunday, I was still going, I wonder what the real number is on Jalen's shoulder. And then he goes out and has the greatest Super Bowl yeah. uh, in the history of Super Bowls, passing number-wise. So you, you didn't even know about him. But Hurts gets hurt next year in the postseason. Who's going to be their backup quarterback? 
You know, it's funny. I haven't even looked to see who's available. Um, I, I wouldn't bring Gardner back. I think we saw that he's got some some limitations there. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't even know who's on the free agent market that that they could go out and get as a as a backup quarterback. I'd have to look into that. But they got to get somebody who can keep the offense afloat for three or four games. And that's all you want from a backup quarterback is if something happens with Jalen Hurts where he has to miss three or four games, you want a backup quarterback that can win you two-thirds of those games, right? That can beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, like the New Orleans Saints. Gardner Mitchell goes into Dallas, loses a hard-fought game. Okay, you can accept that because it's your backup quarterback. He gave you a great shot to win that game, even though he also threw a couple picks. The way he played against New Orleans is unacceptable for a backup quarterback. You need somebody who can beat... New Orleans was probably a little better than their record, but that's a team. That's a game you have to win. And he played awful in that game. So they do need to go out and get somebody who can step in for three or four weeks at a time and win two or three of those games that Jalen hurts misses. Uh, yeah. Backup quarterback. It will be key. And it'll be interesting the way the Eagles go about it because they value that position so much. If they go in the mm -hmm. draft, if they like somebody in the middle rounds, I, I don't think we're going to have a situation where Jalen's going to be upset mm -hmm. like former quarterbacks right. that shall go unnamed. But um, <laughs> I think that's, you know, that's kind of way down on the list. Now, on the other hand, Jalen plays the way he plays and, now that you play 17 games, there is a chance he's going to miss a game or two. So it, it would be nice to get competency in that position, but that's way down my list. I got I got so many problems. But I bum Howie Roseman, and hopefully we're going to get to talk to Howie at some point this week. Um, it's going to be interesting because he's coming off just a phenomenal season. Uh, and I want to talk about career seasons. Howie Roseman just had a career yeah. season. But – all the way up and down this lineup um, on the defensive side of the ball, Hassan Reddick, career year. Josh Sweat, career year. Javon Hargrave, career year. James Bradbury, career year. TJ Edwards, career year. Marcus Epps, CJ Gardner Johnson, career years for their, you know, skill set, for their level, obviously guy like Marcus is a little bit different than CJ, but all these guys playing at this optimal level, mm -hmm. you know, from following sports, from baseball, you see career years. They generally don't go career year, career year, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's generally a regression back to the mean. Then you go back to the offense and Miles Sanders and, you know, he's probably not even going to be here, but Isaac Sayamalo had a career here. He's probably not going to be here. Uh, on and on and on throughout the lineup, guys playing at this optimum level. Do you expect a regression back to the mean from that standpoint? I think in some cases, but I, I think in other cases, uh, some of it is, I think, the true talent level of these guys. I think Hassan Reddick is, is good enough to replicate what he did this year. I think Josh Sweat is good enough to replicate what he did this year. Um I think uh, I think James Bradbury is is in the right system, able to replicate uh, what he what he did this year. Some some guys will regress, and there will be regression to the mean. And some guys who didn't maybe play particularly well this year will improve uh, into next year. There, there's a little bit of that give and take, and 
that's why I think, you know, getting another defensive coordinator in here, it'll be interesting to see whether or not, I mean, I don't think there's going to be a change from what Jonathan Gannon did to something like what Steve Spagnola does. You know, th there's not going to be that radical a sea change. I don't think Nick Sirianni, it seems to me, has a way that he wants his defense to play. Um, but I, I think that's fair. I think it's fair to expect a regression from, from some of the guys. And you could certainly see if Howie Roseman, who, who he brings in, whether or not those guys have, have good years, but, a career year is a career year because generally speaking, you have it once in your career. And after that, <laughs> you know, it comes down a little bit. And I, I don't think Brandon Graham is going to be back. And if he is, I don't think we can expect a double digit sack season from him again this year too. So I think that's part of the issue with the defense as well. They got so much from their front four just on their own. Those guys rushing the quarterback that you, I don't think you can count on that kind of pressure from those, from just those four guys again, and so you need to figure out some other way. We saw what happened in the Super Bowl when those front four guys are not getting home. There was no answer. I think they got to figure out a way to make this a more a, a better defense when your front four is not constantly winning and getting home all the time. All right. I'm going to throw a hypothetical your way, and it's kind of a crystal ball thing. Um, Adam Schefter yesterday said, hasn't reported that it's a done deal, but he said that you go ahead and book it, that uh, – uh, Johnson is going to be the next uh, offensive coordinator for the Eagles. Makes a ton of sense. His ongoing relationship with Jalen since he was a kid, having played for his dad, uh, just makes too much sense not to happen. So if we accept that's a very high probability of happening, uh, that he's going to replace Shane Steichen as their offensive coordinator, is he going to call the place? Because Nick Sirianni came in here, handful of games in, he said, let me take a step back. I know Shane Steichen. We're like this. Coach with him in uh, San Diego. He was an offensive coordinator elsewhere in the league. Brian Johnson's never done that before. And you're going to be asking him to do it on the fly, move up from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. Or does Nick Sirianni jump back in and go, yeah, let me go back to calling place. Mm -hmm. uh, which way does it go? Will Brian Johnson not only be the offensive coordinator, but will he be the play caller at the beginning of next season for the Eagles? See, I think it's going to be harder for Nick to mug to the camera if he's worried about calling plays. So I don't, I, <laughs> I don't that think that he's going to want to. in front of your face does yeah. no justice to your mugging. No, no. I, I don't think he's going to call the plays. I think he, my sense from watching him on the sideline and from some of the comments that he's made over the last year is I think he understands that freeing himself up from that allows him to be more in tune with what's happening in the game. And I think we're seeing more offensive minded head coaches have an offensive coordinator call plays. Now, Andy Reid doesn't do that. Of course, he calls his own plays, but he's been, he's been doing it for better part of two, three decades now. So he's, he's got that down. I think Brian Johnson will call the plays. Um, I know he's had some play calling experience in college, but not at the pro level for sure. But you know, they're going to set Brian Johnson up for success to, to be able to, to do this well. And I think when you've got it's Sirianni's offense, they're not asking him to create an offense. You're going to continue to have the passing game coordinator in place. Jeff Stoutland is going to continue to coach up the offensive linemen and the run game. And really this, the game plans are put in place by the entire offensive staff. It's just, you come down to, to game day and you you're, you've got your offensive coordinator dedicated to kind of getting into a, a play calling flow might not start off great. You know, there might be some stumbles as, as he learns, but I do think that, Brian Johnson will be given the opportunity to call plays and Nick Sirianni, I think is very happy to kind of be the field general and not be bogged down in the minutia of trying to figure out what play to call. 
At John Stolness, uh, last one from me. Follow John on Twitter. Read him at Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, the good fights if you want some Phillies. Uh, pitchers and catchers report. So, you know, if you want to get over your disappointment, uh, start paying attention to the Phillies. Yep. Um, you know, I, I you mentioned we've been through this before. And when you lose assistant coaches and – didn't work out well with Doug Peterson. And part of the reason it didn't work out well is because Howie Roseman and, and to a lesser extent, Jeffrey Lurie liked to get involved. Um, deservedly so, by the way, because they've done a really good job. Uh, for people that don't know, Howie Roseman was the one who found Brian Johnson uh, for Nick Sirianni. Those two didn't have a relationship. Nick does have a very, very close relationship with Kevin Petullo. Um, in a lot of ways, that's his right-hand man. If this were a vacuum, I would bet on Kevin Petullo being the next offensive coordinator. It's not. Jalen Hurts is very close to Brian Johnson. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the superstar, and I use that term. He is a superstar now, and they want to make him happy, and Brian Johnson's going to be the offensive coordinator. Um, Kevin Petullo might go be Shane Steichen's offensive coordinator. He might go be Jonathan Gannon's offensive coordinator. You can't block guys from coordinator jobs anymore. Could this be the start of another Doug Peterson situation where the head coach is pushed in a direction he doesn't want to go by the organization? It certainly could be. And that was one of the complaints we had about Howie Roseman during the Doug Peterson era. I thought I didn't love Doug's coaching choices, but I thought as a Super Bowl winning coach, he deserved the right to to decide what his staff was going to be. I think there's that possibility for sure. Uh, we're going to see if, if things go south in, in 2023, there will be more pressure on Nick Sirianni by Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman to perhaps change things up. I think that's why we saw that with Doug Peterson. We saw um, with it, with the offense, it start to, to fall apart. But we also saw that the quarterback had some serious issues uh, back at the end of Doug Peterson's tenure. So I don't think we're going to see that with Jalen Hurts and, and Nick Sirianni. Um, you never know. And yes, if things go a little bit south, I have no doubt that Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman will make their voices heard. But I do hope that everybody learned from the mistakes of the last time, learning from meddling too much, learning from alienating your Super Bowl winning head coach, and maybe wouldn't go down that road again until it was absolutely necessary. But I can't rule it out for sure, because you have these two guys who are very successful. They are very involved in the team and they want to have control over every aspect of it. And Nick Sirianni does not have a long history as a head coach. Next year will be just his third year. So like Doug Peterson, Nick Sirianni is in kind of a similar spot. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have some of the same kinds of issues if things go south. And last one for me again, crystal ball for you. Who has more rushing attempts for the Philadelphia Eagles next year? Jalen Hurts or Kenneth Gainwell? Ah, that's a good question. I think they're going to go out and get another running back. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a star. It might be someone that they draft maybe with their uh, late first round pick. I know that would be unusual for them to use a first rounder on a running back. Uh, but if they don't want to go out and spend money in free agency, um, they might use that. They might trade back from 10, get themselves you know, a later first and another second or something like that and use one of those on a running back. Point is, I don't think Kenny Gainwell is going to be the number one. 
Uh, and even when you do have a number one, as we saw with Miles Sanders, sometimes that number one just goes AWOL uh, for, for two, three, four weeks at a time. By the way, I should have brought, when I talked about <laughs> players not performing up to their level in the Super Bowl, I should have started with Miles. I wonder if he was hurt, man. He He was hurt. He he got hurt on the first play, ironically, when he made a mistake, and he was hurt. But, yeah, Yeah. I mean, getting back to the original point, Miles Sanders, Quez Watkins, we didn't even get to the offense. I know. know. Guys didn't perform up to the level they showed the entire season. Right. And 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 they still only lost by three points. And I think that's – if you would have told me that they were only going to lose by by three points in a last second field goal, and you didn't generate a single sack on Patrick Mahomes from your yeah. from your front four, and you couldn't run the ball with your running backs, I would have told you you're crazy. I would have thought we and were John three touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes' longest pass play was for 22 yards, <sighs> and he didn't have over 200 yards passing, and they lost by a field goal. You can see why that, that... you can see why I'm not in the acceptance phase yet of all of this just yet. <laughs> but that's why sometimes you need to put the stats to the side and go yeah if i look at these stats it doesn't it doesn't add up for me doesn't how the hell did this game go this yeah. way well yeah it did we actually watched it with our own two eyes yeah. johnny stolis always appreciate it when you come aboard you know we're gonna hit you up plenty during the off season thanks for contributing as much as you did during the year absolutely it was fun guys anytime thanks our, john. our pleasure that's john stolis bleeding green nation here with us on birds 365 just so you know uh, the last question I asked, rushing attempts this year, Miles Sanders, 259, Jalen Hurts, 165, Kenny Gainwell, 53. So if you think Gainwell's going to get more, if he's going to be the number one back, well, then he should get the, yeah, near I'm the a same number he's not, he's the not, Miles he, He's not going to be the number one back. He's going to be an important part of that offense. Right, then who is? He's not here yet. It's okay. going to be a draft choice, but I, I don't, it's going to be a, second third round pick it's not going to be it's not going to be a first round pick the eagles aren't going that route um it's going to be somebody who's not here it might be somebody in free agency it 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 might be they don't want to spend a lot of money on that position and they're right isaiah pacheco showed you that in the super bowl uh they're going to go a different direction at running back because they don't value the position and you can find uh it might even be trey sermon yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's, you know, he might show up in training camp and say, oh, this guy's pretty good. He can get 900 yards for us. That's all the Eagles need. That's all they want. Is uh, Now, he's under contract, right? He's. Yeah. 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 He's, he's locked in. Because uh, I did like Sermon at Ohio State. I thought the Eagles made a smart move by picking him up uh, this year. With We heard his name most often on. And inactive for the Philadelphia Eagles, Trey Sermon. He was inactive basically every single game and, and that he was here. I, by, by the way, I don't think it's going to be Trey Sermon. I'm just saying, it. it you know, they're going to pick up somebody, most likely a draft pick. They got to go cost effective. They got to change this thing. And John's right. The big money for Jalen Hurts isn't going to kick in for a couple of years, but you, you still have to start. It's it's about more than one year. You have to start doing things in a different way because you know that shoe is coming. And it starts with positions that you don't value as much. So obviously running back is a position where, again, I bring up Isaiah Pacheco. That's a seventh-round pick rookie who's playing pretty well in the Super Bowl. So it gives you an indication that you can get the production you need at a very cost-effective rate at that position.
you just gave me the number yesterday, um, like four million and change for Jalen this upcoming year if they just left the final year of his rookie deal in in place, right? And didn't start the extension till scratch uh the year after. It's like four million and change this year for Jalen. Yeah, for Jalen, yeah. Right. Now it'll it'll go up. The cap number will go up, but um, you know, you're talking about 40, 47 to 52. Right. You, you, what, what was Kyler's guaranteed? You said it yesterday. One, uh, 180 out of 230, 180, 180 and change. So you're talking about, let's say for argument's sake, you're talking about 200 million of guaranteed money. Well, you got to spread that out over the years. Now, how he likes to use the voidable years trick. So he, he does that. But that, that 4 million number will go up. It right. just won't go up to a, uh, a ludicrous degree as it will later in the contract. Right. They're going to have 189.5 to... guarantees for that's what I Kyle said. 180 and, and change. Um, they'll, they'll, there will be more than just his salary. The question is how much if without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. They get the extension done, and we got to find out if they can get the extension done. Everybody believes it's going to happen, but it's not done until it's done. All right, we're done for a couple minutes here. Uh, going to get a timeout in. Uh, come back. I've got a couple more things to run by John. And oh, by the way, coming up, uh, joining us uh, about 20 minutes from now is our buddy Bob Groats from the Delco Times. Um, I guess we're going to start with James Bradbury because I love yeah. giving him a hard by time. By the way, cause... real quick before we go to break, Lane Johnson uh, had his surgery today. So um, Lane is. Uh... On the way to healing now. Knew, knew it was coming. Um, and, man, did he just work his way through that pain and give up absolutely nothing in the postseason. He is stone-cold amazing. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald coming right back here on Birds 365. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible 
While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. My name is uh, Fran Solano, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Mac guys here on Bird 365. We got uh, 55 minutes of Eagle Talk to roll with you guys. Bob uh, Groats of the Delco Times Eagle Beat Report is going to join us in less than 15 minutes. Um, Johnny Mac, I know you kind of uh, dismissed it earlier, but I just want to throw this name into the mix. I get it. Eagles backup quarterback when you have seven starters on defense who are free agents does have to kind of be a back burner issue, but the Eagles have handled quarterbacks the way that they've handled quarterbacks. And Jeff Laurie and uh, Howie Roseman uh, were the two power uh, guys at the top of the uh, pyramid of the organization. And it's a good thing they did because they decided to use a second round pick on Jalen Hurts. And now they got one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League for a steal as a second round pick that most of Eagle Nation just turned their nose up at the day that they made the pick. But their track record is they put a lot of uh, emphasis on quarterbacks, be they starters and or backups. I'll give you a name. See if you think this works for the Eagles, because if Gardner Minshew gets a chance to go and compete somewhere for a job, he knows he's not getting that here with Jalen Hurts. So there's a chance he's going to go somewhere else. I'm not as big a Gardner fan as some other Eagle uh, evaluators here in town. What would you think about Marcus Mariota as the Eagles Ugh. backup quarterback? Ugh. You don't like Mariota? Not a little bit. Boy, you like I Gardner think... Minshew better than Marcus Mariota? Uh, yeah, slightly. Oh, uh, no, no way, no shot. I mean, I I think that's the big name trap. Uh, that's Joe Banner's big name trap. I mean, I'm I'm soured for Marcus the first time. All that nonsense. Uh, he's not a good quarterback, number one. But um, I get it from the mentality of he can run a little bit. You don't have to change the offense exactly. Um, I I I I mean, 
I a I think you want to go a little bit younger, um, or if you don't want to go a little bit younger, you can. Um, I think you would want a more veteran type presence. I think you want to go opposite either Josh McCown or Young. You know, you want somebody with a lot of experience, but a lot of savvy, or you want somebody with some upside that can do some different things. That's how I'd look at it. It's going to be interesting. It's an interesting, I didn't want to dismiss it from the fact that it's not important because the Eagles value it. Um, And it's going to be interesting to see how they want to go about, um, uh, because you think about when they drafted Jalen Hurts, well, they wanted young and cost effective. That's what they wanted. Uh, at the backup, who who they could develop. Do they want to go that route again? Or do they want to go, you know, what five, six million dollars is is pretty much the top end for uh, about the good backup quarterbacks? And I put that in quotation, the Case Keenums of the world, the good backup quarterbacks. Um you're talking five. Do you want to go that route? That's probably where Mar- Mariota would be. Do you want to pay him five, six million dollars? I wouldn't, but that's but that's me. But you would want to pay Gardner Minshew five or six million. No, but Gardner made six hundred sixty grand. Right, but now I he's mean, a free agent. So if you're bringing Gardner, no, back, I, I don't want to pay Gardner Minshew six million dollars either. And I, that's one of the reasons why right, I don't then, think he'll then be is, back. Then is Ian Book a possibility? Yeah. Why? Why not? I I don't know how much they like Ian Book. I I obviously they like him enough to bring him in. Obviously, look, Nick Sirianni's very close with Tommy Reese, uh, very close, and to the point where you know Sports Illustrated asked me, "All right, put together some offensive coordinator candidates." I put Tommy Reese on that list, even though he just went to Alabama. Of people who just went to Alabama, no. That happens all the time. It happened last year with the Eagles, but not last year, two years ago. Jamal Singleton agreed to go to Kentucky in the Eagles game calling, and he was at Kentucky for a month. Right. If the Eagles come calling, if Nick Sirianni comes calling and says, hey, Tommy, you want to be an NFL offensive coordinator? Now, Alabama's a pretty good gig. He might say, no, I want to stay at Alabama. I like college. I'm not saying. He's very close to Tommy Reese. He calls him every year and says, Tommy, you ready to come to the NFL? I'm not by any stretch of magic because Brian Johnson's getting that job. My only point uh, by saying that is Tommy Reese recommended Ian book. And that's why Ian book is here. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. And, and if uh, Sirianni has that kind of trust in his talent evaluation, more power to him. Everybody's got those type of guys that they trust. That if, all right, I haven't seen enough of the player, let me get an opinion from someone who's seen that much more of him. Uh, I get that. I understand that. I think it's a smart way to do business. They've had him in practice for a year. What 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 his... Uh, what yeah, well, yeah, now they should know. Is I'm now saying... borderline irrelevant. They have to have their own opinion of what yeah. Ian Book is. Oh, now I'm saying I, I have... There's no way I have to tell you whether they have confidence in Ian Book. I mean, they're always going to talk up their players. Go back to last season. Oh, Quez Watkins. Yeah, he's a great wide receiver too. Uh, And they're trying to get every wide receiver under the sun, thankfully. Um, Oh, yeah, Kerry Vincent. We're very comfortable with Kerry Vincent and Mac McCain and Tate Gown. Very comfortable. And meanwhile, they're trying to get another cornerback 
every way under the sun. They're all, they're never going to say, oh, no, Ian Book stinks. Um, they might think he stinks. I'm saying I don't know, Jody. There's no way right. I can tell you. But you're right. At this point, yeah, they've made their own evaluation. I'm saying they may like the kid. They may really – I have no – there's no way I can know that because they're never going to tell me the truth about that. Never. Right. If, my point was if they like the kid now, it's not because a yeah. former – coach said that he was a good player they they've had the no that's why i got here himself. that's why i got here right uh, and and that's not a bad way to do business if you don't know a guy and you've got someone who advocates for him and you believe that they've got a great read on him all right you take a chance take a flyer and then he's with the team the entire year never actually sees the field but he's with the team and he's working out and he's in practice and yeah you have to be able to formulate your own opinion my opinion is i watch enough of Ian book at notre dame I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Just that that's my evaluation. Uh, if they uh, reached out and had him, it didn't matter who the third string quarterback was this year because they didn't have to lean on their third string quarterback. Unlike the 49ers who got to their fourth string quarterback, the Eagles never even got to their third. So we never got a chance to evaluate ourselves. Uh, here's some of the names. I looked it up really quick. So here's some of the names you're dealing with. Now I'm not going to talk about the Derek Carrs. Uh, even right. the Baker Mayfield conversation, yeah. The Jimmy Garoppolo's, um, Case Keenum, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Bursett. Um, I'm not even going to bring up Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton because they're so old. Well, but Joe Flacco uh, is the old guy you're talking about, McCown. How about yeah. Joe Flacco? Coming yeah, back? I don't think they've already went down that route. I don't think Mike White, your guy, CJ Beathard. Uh, Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke's interesting. I'll take Taylor Heineke to be my backup quarterback if I could get him at a decent money. I'd like him. He's scrappy. I think as a backup I like Heineke, quarterback. But I, I, I don't think Washington's going to let him get out of town. Um, I'm just throwing him out there. He's the name that, that piques my interest uh, as a backup. I, 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 I want everybody to understand as a backup. I know I he's like not. Him. I know he's not on the list, but I'm telling you, Taylor Heineke will still be with the commanders. He and Sam Howell will do battle for their starting position. Guy who's going to be available's name is Carson Wentz. Yeah, uh, he's I'm, not coming back. I'm pretty confident. They're, they're, I'll predict right now they'll be moving off him. Yeah, uh, I think you're right. And uh, Josh Johnson, I'm sure, will be available. <laughs> Been there, seen that. Don't even kid. Um, well, you know, in his quest to play for every team that ever existed, he's still got a cross field to help you. That's true. Way. He has not been to Philadelphia yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, but out of that group that you just ran down, yeah, I like Mariota better than any of the others. Now, the price might be overly high. I think the Eagles will look to do it inexpensively because they've got all this other business. They got to take care of all these other guys. They got to get signed. I think they would love to have a How rather about, inexpensive I, I'm a, backup. I'm going to give you an inexpensive backup, two inexpensive backups who can play the movement-based offense. Um, Trace McSorley, P.J. Walker. I I like P.J. a little bit. Um, I'm not a McSorley guy. McSorley. They can play all, all. They can they can play the RPO offense though. Although okay. P.J. P.J. PJ's restricted, so that'll be now Tyler Huntley, but there's no way. Um, yeah, he's good. Um, 
but the, you know, if I'm going to go that route and I want an RPO guy, I'd rather have a, I'd rather have Trace McSorley just because he'd be much, much, much cheaper. Right. I'd rather have Mariota, but the difference in salaries might be enough to swing it one way rather than the other. Um, that'll be interesting to see how the quarterback, backup quarterback salaries, because you're right, it's five <laughs> to six million dollars. That's the going rate for a guy who's been a starter in the league, one in the league as a starter, isn't good enough to keep the job as a 17 game a year starter for a team that has playoff aspirations. It's about five or six million dollars. And the Eagles might not have that five or six million dollars. But if if that market dries up and Marcus Mariota wants to go. One of Johnny Mac's favorite uh, phrases, ring chasing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe go he'll chase that ring, Marcus. Finally gets here. Maybe Finally he'll gets come here, here for uh, uh, less money than he could get somewhere else. Uh, we'll have to see about that. All right. Um, Eagle fans, if you haven't seen this, uh, uh, I'll certainly lay it on you. Uh, and I just, because I like the guy, I want to give him his props. We get uh, our nose out of shape when someone does better than our guys and uh, gets accolades. Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP over Jalen Hurts. He deserved to. Patrick Mahomes wins the MVP of the Super Bowl. He did solely because Kansas City won the game because Jalen Hurts was actually the better quarterback on the field on Sunday. But you got to give your props to Patrick Mahomes yesterday. He specifically went out of his way to say, don't let the fact that the Eagles lost the game let you not realize how great a game Jalen Hurts had. That Do not let that happen. He was phenomenal in the game. Give him his just due for what he did, that we were kind of lucky we won the game when the opposition quarterback plays as well as he did. He could have kept it all about himself and the Chiefs, and yesterday he went out of his way to say, don't, don't, don't look past the fact that that other quarterback on the field on Sunday killed it. Uh, so I just want to give a tip of the cap to Patrick Mahomes. He's not only the best quarterback in football, he's also a uh, class act and gave his gave uh, props to Jalen Hurts. Uh, we we do uh, kind of put a heavy emphasis that here on Philadelphia is not only how you play, but what you say after the game. And Jalen Hurts uh, did the right thing. And uh, gave props, uh, excuse me, uh, Patrick Mahomes gave props to Jalen Hurts. All right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jordan McDonald. We're going to take a quick time out. We will be joined by one of our faves, Bob Groats from the Delco Times. It's Bob's day, man. After Bra- after the big mistake from Bradbury. It's Bob's he's, day. I, I give him a hard time. because You're I all getting your comeuppance, damn it. Yeah, James Bradbury, he was Had not a fan of all year long, yeah. and I just kept rolling my eyes, and sure enough, he got caught for the biggest penalty all in the Super Bowl. I wonder how Groats will handle it. He's he's not that much of a I-told-you-so kind of guy. We'll see. Uh, Bob Groats of the Delco Times is going to join us next year on Bird 365. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. 
know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Why do millions of people every year from around the world visit Philly's Rocky statue? You want to tell me the sky is burgundy with green stripes and yellow polka dots? I'll meet you on that. But you're never going to convince me Rocky is anything other than the pure greatness that it is. Never going to happen. Join me, Paul Farber, for WHYY's The Statue. We're going on a journey to explore the biography of the Rocky statue. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Got your birds, 365, Mac and Mac duo. We are joined by our bud from the Delco Times, Bob Groats, who probably has been more realistic, not over the moon, different ways to state it about the Eagles this year than anybody else we've had on. You're not going, I told you so, on us today, are you, Bob Groats? No, I mean, um, the positive to look for out of that Super Bowl was Jalen Hurts playing at the top of his game in the biggest game. And I mean, that makes it not, not successful, but that makes it a, a heck of a step. And, um, and he gave him a chance to win all year. So, um, and, and basically when it came down to it, you know, they, they needed a little more from him because the defense just couldn't get a stop in that second half. And that's kind of the way they, they were built, too. The offense had to keep the defense off the field so they could rush the passer when they did get on the field. They couldn't stop the run all year. And uh, Andy Reid exploited that. Andy Reid, his game plan, I mean, it, it was like he was holding the good play, game plan for the second half. He just took them apart. And uh, that, that, you know, that uh, hurt or that uh, two-minute offense down the home stretch. He called it church mode where they take a knee. And then that was genius. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah. And how many times did he get ripped in Philly for not using his timeouts? His, uh, yes. Time or, management or you know, game, why yeah. did, why did you, uh, why did you let maybe, maybe that was the penalty uh, for all the criticism of one of the greatest coaches of all time. Maybe that was the football God setting. We're going to we're going to screw you with uh, Andy's game management. Yeah, no, it, well, it, it was more than that, though. I mean, it, it shows you. I mean, 
He's one of what two coaches with double digit playoff wins with two different. Oh, he's teams. unbelievable. Yeah. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches of all time. He's all been time. in three. That was his third Super Bowl in the last four years. Yes. And, yes. you know, he's got a great quarterback, but it's it's more than that. I mean, they lost, they traded Tyreek Hill and they, they still got back there and they won it. I mean, that, yeah. So, but, well, the, you, no know, the offense, positive- you know, I, I, even the simple stuff of, of Jarek McKinnon being coached to understand the game situation, not walking into the end zone, just taking the knee uh, yeah. and essentially running out the Eagle season. We've seen Miles make that mistake time and time again. Running uh, out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, by the way, I, really- I don't think he's coming back. I know I'm getting ahead no. of this, but no. uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. yeah, th- this just in, but um yeah, Andy Reid said that they practiced that, that the yeah. church mode. Yeah. I mean, they actually had an awareness, you know, to, in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you're full of adrenaline. You take a, a knee. Oh, God. Yeah. That's right, so let's Westbrook, go, Westbrook. Let's go glass half full. How much do the Eagles, if they can get back on the same type of a season next year, it's going to be very difficult, but they're a playoff team and maybe a divisional winner. They finally put that can't win the NFC East two years in a row thing to bed. How much do they benefit from the experience they had, certainly in the postseason and or if they get back to a Super Bowl? How much will this year's loss, having been there, help them in future years that they can get there again? Well, it'll help, but they're going to lose a lot of the guys. <laughs> I mean, they got a lot of free agents. And uh, if Kelsey leaves, it's going to be tough. Um, and I, during the season, I thought, man, this guy, again, he's having too much fun to, to walk away. But he's got three. Well, he's about to have a third daughter. So, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of family stuff going on. And, um, and, and he's – you remember him talking about that away from everybody, John? When yeah, yeah. Possible retirement. There's a lot yeah. more that goes into it. I, I have a feeling that he's leaning towards retiring. Is Cam Jurgens ready? I don't know. Um, but, uh, but I think he's good. I think they got a good one in Cam Jurgens. Which, yeah. by the way, this will absolutely annoy Eagle fans. How many guys get to retire because they got three kids at age 34? Yeah. Well, he's older than that. I think he's 35. 35. Yeah. 35. Oh, sorry. My bad. I, I, <laughs> I, I closed it on him a yeah. year. I but think you get my. Yeah. Okay. Jason oh, Kelsey probably way. likes that, that you yeah. shortchanged him. Yeah, right. He looked well, like a like, 34 you know, year old out there to this. me this year. Shoot, he looked like a 29 year old. But, um, and, and no, no, I'm not saying Jason's just going to, I think he's got a future in broadcasting if that's what he's wanting. He's not going to retire. For the rest of his life, he's going to retire from playing. I think it's much more he doesn't want to put his body through what he has to put his body through every single year to play rather than, oh, I got to spend more time with the kids. I think he's going to still be a working guy getting out every single day. He just won't be going to the Novacare complex. Yeah, I'm, but I mean, that, that, but any way you look at it, if he leaves, that's a big loss. Oh, yeah. He's kind of, yeah, he, he's an icon in that locker room. So, uh, People people look at him and they look at his example and and he's all even if he's not practicing that day he's always there early and he's always helping people out. Yep. Uh, he, he's your he's your ultimate professional. Yep, and you know it's not just Cam Jurgens; it's going to be Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean. They really got to yeah. start hitting on these young players. They got to get them involved because um, they're going to lose some people. You're right, Bob, and they've already started losing some people, coaches. 
Shane Steich and Jonathan Gannon. We've been this, we've been through this before with Doug Peterson. Not to this level. This is the first time since '94 that a team lost that went to the Super Bowl lost both of its coordinators. Um, how big is that blow for the Eagles? Yeah, I mean that that disturbs the that continuity that they had and uh, having the the same coaching ta- staff intact for two years. That's that's huge for the especially the young guys. And um, and one thing that um, that uh, Nick. Sirianni has done a great job of, in my opinion, is developing these young guys. You mentioned the Kobe Dean and, uh, and Jordan Davis, uh, Jordan Davis was coming along and then all of a sudden they, they brought two veterans in and his, uh, playing snaps dim- diminished. I still would, would have wanted a lot more out of him, especially I would have loved to have seen him step up in the Super Bowl. But, uh, Kobe Dean's kind of that, like that, um, he could be that next leader, but, um, you know, he, he didn't get a lot of snaps either. So, um, no, and I By still the way, don't think your uh, your favorite pro football focus best defensive player for the Eagles in the Super Bowl, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, yeah, Jordan Davis, which yeah. kind of tells you the defense didn't play well. Well, it kind of tells you about the stats too. Pro Football Focus. <laughs> no, they're think, right. The defense didn't he, play well. The defense I, didn't I play well. He, yeah, the stars didn't did. play well. The Reddicks, the Grand. He played a dozen. He played slays. a dozen snaps, right? Yes, the Slays, the Bradburys. Well, you knew Andy Reid was going to have a plan at, with Wiley, you know, to take care of uh, Reddick. And uh, I don't know if he well, didn't the wear the right spikes, yeah, or what. But you know, yeah. the, the complaints about the field. I mean, it, I understand that, but it was the same way for both teams. And you and like it, it, the quarterback said that hurts. You, you bring the right spikes, you know, you bring a bunch of spikes. No, it's not an excuse, yeah, but right. that really affected Hassan Reddick because the Chiefs don't have a player like Hassan Reddick. So you're right when it boasts up, but it really affected Hassan. Yeah, I don't know. that. That's like blaming the, the loss on uh, a penalty, you know, like some people do, uh, I'm not, I'm which is no better than, than what the 49ers did after they lost, you know. That's, yeah. that's they true. Get crushed. But, but the one thing you're leaving out, Bob, is the fact that See, the NFL knew it would have a more uh, downside effect on the Eagles. And that's why the field was in the shape that it was in, because they wanted Patrick Mahomes to win because he needs to be the new poster boy and the face of the NFL. So the NFL specifically made sure the field was in as lousy condition as it was, because somehow they knew it would have more dire effect on the Eagles than the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, people I, do believe I, that. I've gotten those calls. But uh, yeah. now, as now. As ridiculous as it sounds as I say it, oh, I've gotten people call me on WIP and say it and mean yeah. it, that it yeah. was predetermined, yeah. and that's why the field sucked as much yeah. as it did. Well, you got the script in the preseason. This was a nice twist by the NFL. Um, but now you get to get your, you get to take your uh, bows, Bob Groats, all year. You with James Bradbury. We overrated him. Uh, yeah, biggest I, I corner of the he, season. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. Yeah, see, he, he I, got I beat, like it. He got beat a lot, and he he was a veteran. He he wasn't covering the the top receivers all the time either. Um, no, that's I, I, you could see it right off the bat, John. I I I emailed you the video of him after the Lions game. If <laughs> there was like five, and hey, I'm not. Ike Reese said I don't know what to say about James Bradbury except. He's not very fast, and he isn't, you know. 
Um, he, he can still play, obviously, but um, I don't know. I mean, you know what bothered me the most about uh, it? What bothered really bothered me about the Eagles and their their defense in that game was that the motion, how how disruptive yeah. the, a simple yeah. motion was for them. Well, they don't you know? use motion, so they never see it. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but two walk in touchdowns, and I'm one of them. Bradbury took the inside guy. He didn't even know there was a, a receiver on, on his right, and yeah. there was nobody over there. Yeah, Pro- a safety probably should have been back there. But miscommunication. He, he, he didn't even know. I mean, um, hey, if, if that had been Chauncey Gardner Johnson, he would have been over there. He, he would have broken it off, and and you know they might have got beat over the middle, but he would have broken it off and taken the guy on the, at the edge. And by the way. Of all the free agents that, that they have, to me, he's the one guy you, you definitely got to sign. Chauncey? Uh, Chauncey. Yeah. yeah. This, again, I'm going to get the ire of the streamers here on uh, Birds 365. Uh, James Bradbury, I've heard uh, you need to get Johnson Gardner done because he's younger. Bradbury, 29. He's already 30 years old. 30 years old. Rob Groat says he's slow as all get out, slow as molasses. Why would you worry about bringing him back? Are we worried at all that Darius Slay is 32? Yeah. Well. We're somehow worried about uh, James Bradbury, and he's an old man at 29. Well, what the hell is Slay at 32, and how much money is he going to be making next year? Yeah, no, that's a legitimate no. concern. Yeah. And he didn't yeah. play as well in the second half of the season. Um, yeah, as, he didn't have a great the... year. He, he really didn't. And um, I don't – you know, that is a legitimate concern, though. And uh, and you and you have some others, too. Um you know, some there's some fringe guys that are making around two million. Some of them one and a half, and you could cut them for for cap space. I, they may end up doing that. Like Quez Watkins, I think he I think he would get you another million and a half. What are they? They're like two million over the cap, right, John? Um, yeah, but uh, I mean, Quez is on this rookie deal. He's not going to help. I mean, you can bring him back, and if you find somebody better, um, you just cut him. Yeah, um, he's a deep threat, but man, he he just doesn't no. get it done. I'm not blaming the loss on him, but that, know, yeah, gotta, he he's got to make that play. He's yeah, got to make that, that play, and if he ball? makes that play, the Eagles win the game. Yeah, I don't know if I he know. ever is going to make that play because I don't think he tracks the ball that well. So, but uh, you know, they got some. They have decisions like that to make. They they're they're going to have to start nickel and diamond. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think they're bringing Miles back. I don't think they can bring Isaac Sayamalo back. Um, They got to make a decision on T.J. Edwards. Uh, They got to make a decision on um, Bradbury's not going to be back. They got to make a decision on on Marcus Epps, uh, C.J. They got a lot of stuff how he's got to get to, Bob. Yeah, C.J.'s the biggie. and if if Kelsey doesn't come back, that uh, they can give some more money to Siamalo. So, uh, but he's going to have to take yeah. a discount to stay. And will he do that? I don't. I'm not so sure about that. All right. Let me ask so. about a decision not going forward for next year, but one that was made on Sunday. And I was going to make a big deal out of it when I saw it on Sunday before the game started, and it turned out the way that they deployed their defense and their defense didn't play well enough, it became a complete non-factor. But Josiah Scott, healthy scratch. We're, we're only like three weeks removed from this guy being a starter because of Avante Maddox being hurt. And he goes from being a starter to not even playing in the Super Bowl and Josh Job and Zach Mack being up. Now, neither one of them played a snap on defense, so it becomes a non-factor and a non-story. 
But is there anything extra to read into that, that Josiah Scott, who, oh, by the way, he'll be referenced again this offseason because Eagles don't have their sixth-round draft pick because they traded it for Josiah Scott, a guy who was inactive on Super Bowl Sunday. What happened there? Either one of you two guys as to why he wasn't even active for the game on Sunday. Well, they they had some concerns about who was going to be the punt returner, and they they had a numbers deal going there. And he he definitely would have helped them on special teams. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, Kadarius Toney, you know, would, if uh, Josiah had been active, Jadarius wouldn't have taken off on that 65-yard punt return. But they, he's a good special teams guy, too. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I don't Abonte's know. up. I mean, you know, they they weren't as concerned with Abonte being back. And, yeah, yeah they had some. Um, right, but jo- Josh Job and Zach Mack? Were we well, expecting Zach, an injury from either Bradbury or Slay that you're going to need one of those two guys to play outside corner? No, but they're 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 their top gunners, Zach and uh, Josh Job on 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 punt coverage. Now that didn't help, but that's that's their those are their top gunners. So, I mean, that's why they're active. Um, yeah, it's just a numbers game, as as far as Bob said. And with Avante healthy. Um, they didn't, or healthy-ish, uh, you got to make tough decisions. Now, the tougher decision to me is, why the hell is Aaron Seapos punting? He hasn't punted since yeah. December 11th. That's they they outthought themselves, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, oh, Brett oh, Kern and... isn't good, but yeah. um, the guy was hurt, and you're bringing him back on the, in the Super Bowl just to have a feel-good moment because you like him, and he's part of the team, and I get it. But it cost you. That's a low-key mistake, Bob Gretz. Yeah, first punt in, what, five weeks, something like that? I mean, uh, December in, 11th, in competition. So yeah. yeah, in competition. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that, that wasn't real bright. And they do overthink some things. Um, Vic Fangio, that, that two-week consultant <laughs> job, that sure yeah. went well, didn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, By that, the way, he was helping the offense for people that don't know. He was helping yeah, what, the offense. Uh, let me ask both of you guys about that. They brought in another coach who was a defensive Marcus coach Brady. during the deal. Yeah, to, to consult with the offense. The defense. No, he was uh, helping the defense. Here's a unique idea. If a guy's a defensive coach, why don't you bring him in to talk about the defense? What What's their slanted line of logic about, let's bring in a defensive coach to advise our offense? I, as, can't, you know, I can't believe he wouldn't be in there and, and give them his two cents on the defense, too. Yeah. He, well, I don't think friends. he's in there. I think people overblow yeah. these things. They write reports. Basically, yeah, Marcus Brady was the Colts offensive coordinator. They brought him in to help the defense. Vic, they brought in to help the offense. Basically, they're asking the guys, well, if we do this, what do you do as a defensive coordinator? If if you do this, if we do this defensively, what do you do as an offensive coordinator? That's what they do. I actually give them credit for that. Yeah, hey, and Vic, while you're here, while you're here, what do we do? You played Kansas City six times. What do we do? Yeah, I'm sure that came up, John. I mean, how well, I mean, what, oh, for what, God's what, what, here, here, here's my issue with people putting too much on whether it's Jonathan Gannon or Shane Steichen or whatever. You know, it, it, it Big Pangio was going to tell, um, you know, Slay and Bradbury and Maddox to communicate, just like Jonathan Gannon does, and if they don't. They're going to blow coverage. Vic can't fix that. K- 
can't fix that in two stinking weeks. Communicate or don't communicate. You were taught the right way. At what point do you blame it on the players, Bob? Hey, happy Sunday. He he could have at least said happy Sunday or something yeah. like that. Well, he had a you know, happy. So Jonathan yeah. Gannon wouldn't have had to. Hey, Jonathan Gannon is that that team in in Saint in uh, Arizona. They're going to the Super Bowl, John. Oh yeah, he's going to take him. Kyler Murray, great quarterback. He's going to press all the right buttons in him. And guess what? You know, it's going to be happy Super Bowl Sunday for that team. What about yeah. Indy? You're not giving Shane I, credit. I don't know who the I don't know who the Eagles. I, I still don't have a clue yet. Are they going to keep the three four? They they got the personnel now. I mean, they don't next, play a three four. Why do people? Man, you're driving me crazy. They, they that, play it. They play the Fangio defense. There's yes. a lot of three four. Whether it's a variable up, forty and 50 whether they're standing up or there's five guys at times or not. You know, you're calling it a three four. It's more of a five two than yeah, it is five, a three whoever, four. Yeah. Whatever it is, they got to learn. They got to bring somebody in that can stop the run. I mean, that's been a that's problem. Fair. The whole thing is not designed to stop the run. That's the problem. Vic made that defense. He's the one who said, "Well, you give up a five-yard run, but I don't want to give up the forty-yard pass play." I'm sorry, Blame man. Vic. Blame Vic. He's the happy Thursday, John. Yeah. He's the and... one who freaking unleashed it on us all. And truth be told, and I know uh, everybody wanted the Eagles to win. One thing that I actually did smile about when the game was over and done with was Andy Reid ran the football. Andy Reid for years. Oh, run the football. Why you throw the football? Andy Reid, that's all you know how to do is throw the football. Isaiah Pacheco was as much a key contributor in that game as Patrick Mahomes was. And that's Andy Reid just being a great offensive coordinator and play caller going, all right. Light boxes? Johnny Mac likes to tell us, oh, Gannon loves those light boxes. Well, light boxes gave Isaiah Pacheco 76 yards in the Super Bowl, a seventh-round draft pick out of Rutgers. Andy Reid running the football. I didn't think it was going to happen. You got to give the guy a ton of credit for that. Yeah. No, he he mixed them in perfectly, didn't he? Um, and then uh, and then they got, um, you know, as much as, as grief or as much as I heard about that uh, that penalty – uh, the holding penalty late in the game. That was a you know, penalty. What, why didn't they stop the quarterback on that 26-yard run yeah. before that? I mean, longest it, play of the game. The there, there were so many run. plays in there. No, I think Hertz won 28, didn't he? No, uh, for Kansas City. Kansas oh, okay, State. yeah. Longest right. play of the game for long. I mean, Kansas there City. were all kinds of opportunities to get a stop. I, I still can't. You can't get one stop in the second half of the biggest game. That that's a huge deal. And, and yeah, people say, it, well, it, if they if they didn't call that defensive penalty, it would have been a stop. No, they would have got points anyway. And uh, that, that you know, I, I just don't I don't understand that. Except, I, well, there are there is something I do understand. The Eagles in, in the second halves of games they've tended to fade this year. Is that age? What is it? They have. I mean, you saw it in the opener for for crying out loud against teams that are competitive. They fade a little bit in the second half. So I don't know what that is. Uh, you know, they get Might off some good starts. Might be some age. Is it they're, age? They're yeah. I mean, team. well, I'll say this. The, o- the only difference between Super Bowl 52, when they gave up 500 yards passing. Oh, that was, was amazing. Uh, Every time I watch that, John, I still can't believe they won the game. I know. Super Bowl 52, Super Bowl 57. 
The only difference is they made one defensive play. If Brandon Graham makes yeah. one defensive play in this game, they win this game. Yeah. And we're all talking about, you know, if I told you before the game, Bob, well, the Eagles are going to hold Patrick Mahomes to 182 passing yards. Longest pass play is going to be 22 yards. Would you have taken that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, they didn't make a play. Got to get off the field. Could be a strip sack. Could be an interception. Could even be a, a three and out with a pass defense. Just find a way to get off the field. I'm blaming the players. I'm yeah, they couldn't couldn't strip the ball out of uh, seventh round draft pick Isaiah Pacheco's hands. That's the punch that ball out. Punch that ball. They never were able to punch the ball away from Pacheco. And you're right, John. The lack of that big play uh, uh, was a key in this game. All right, so Nick Sirianni's got work to do. Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni making decisions on the coaching staff's elevation, bringing guys in from elsewhere. We all gave Nick a ton of credit for the major growth in his game from year one to year two. This is the first time he's ever had to deal with adding to his coaching staff. He was a big mover and shaker in putting the coaching staff together. They gave him much more latitude than they ever gave Doug Peterson. But why would we think Sirianna is going to be just the right guy to make the right calls about filling the voids in the coaching staff? Or should <laughs> It doesn't matter who he gets. He's going to take him down to the shore. On the drive down there, they're going to stop at a bunch of Wawa's. They're going to have something to eat, and then they'll stop by Howie's house. And that's the way that they connect. So it really it doesn't All matter. All about the connection, huh, Bob yeah, right. And, what and, are we doing? Oh, by the what are we way, doing this summer? That was a And on the way down to the shore, by the way, he, they're going to yell at – they're going to have a little bit of road rage and yell at drivers right. and all, you know, flip the, you know – By the way, oh, they can't – nothing They're all going to – no, I mean, it's just a bonding thing, you know, like. Yeah, nothing against Wawa. I love Wawa. Yeah, they come on and be a sponsor. But, I mean, come on, you're Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. You can't have a, a better place to eat. They come are on. the same guy. They are the same oh, guy. Just different is great. You're not bad. You're not bad mouth. mouth, mouth no, I want to sit down meal. If we're going to connect, I want to sit down meal. That's all I'm saying. I think you can connect just as well with a hoagie in the car, locked in. I can't and, see heading down the AC it. Expressway. Come on, where's yeah, where's can't. better bonding? I'm with. I can't believe this. I'm with Groats on this one. He's I can't exactly see right. Being, yeah, I can't see Nick being a Wawa spokesman. I was thinking about that right now at this stage in his career. You know, maybe later. Yeah, um, Nick can do anything at this point. By the way, when did Nick Sirianni become Sean McVay? Because everybody's hiring his coaches. Um, he's the new Sean McVay. He's the new Sean McVay. Uh, what the well, hell's going you know, on here? Which which guys that worked on his staff have, have won any Super Bowls? Am I missing something here? Who's Sean McVay? Yeah. No, no. Have but, any of his but, guys gone on and done anything? But, no. What but, am I missing? Uh, well, Kevin O'Connell had, O'Connell a, decent had a nice year. Season. Yeah. But, okay. Um, you're, no, well, you're Kevin right. O'Connell was, but the no. joke was, you know, if you had a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you can get an interview. All of a sudden, that's the new Nick Sirianni. If you had a cup yeah. of coffee with him, I expect Bob Groats to get an interview next week. Well, I, I see. I, I tell you, I for Gannon, I was, I was almost a little surprised. I mean, he wants to. That, that's how bad he wants to be a head coach. That's a tough situation. I don't know if that. Uh, 
Well, if you're a defensive guy, you got to take a job, man. Yeah, well, yeah, and and the quarterback, wow, you 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 need somebody that that can is going to be able to relate to that guy and push the right buttons. If he does that, uh, that'll be incredible. I mean, that that's just that's a tough job. I don't know how you do it. If Cliff Kingsbury couldn't do it, you know, well, I I I don't know how great of a coach he was. At least you got uh, the nice weather. You got the mountains. But someone has to someone has to push the right buttons in that guy and motivate him because he's got all the talent in the world. Well, everybody hates him in this town. He wants to get the hell out. Uh, Oh no no no! I I was talking about the quarterback there, Kyler Murray. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, he's got he's got all the talent. He's he's hurts without the work ethic. He he just you can tell he just doesn't work at it. Yeah. And, and Hertz is a natural when it comes to to decisions in that. This was That's my true. buddy, my buddy Matt Verderam's uh, suggestion the other night. Offensive coordinator in uh, Arizona, Eric Bieniemy, bring him in. Uh, if he's telling Kyla Murray what to do, and Murray's rolling his eyes, going, "Hey, did I help Patrick Mahomes get two rings? How would you like a ring, buddy? Shut up and do what I tell you." So I think that would be. Uh, By the way, Washington, uh, the Washington Commanders are interviewing Eric Bieniemy as we speak yep. to be their offensive coordinator. Um, so he's probably going elsewhere. All right, I got one more coaching question for you, Bob, before we let you run. Um, we've already seen, or at least uh, this is what he's saying as of right now. Shane Steichen says the head coach of the Colts. He plans on calling plays, not going to follow in the footsteps of Nick Sirianni as a CEO coach. Will Gannon do the same out there in Arizona? Will he also call the defensive alignments and signals during the game? Or does he uh, follow in the footsteps of his former coach and go, yeah, I can get somebody else to come in here and be my DC and call a play so I can just oversee everything. Will he or won't he be a CEO coach Gannon in Arizona? I think he. I, I think he'll call the plays. Another non CEO coach, John. They're not listening to yeah. you. No, they, around the league, nobody, you're not getting the CEO coaches. It, it's his first year. Yeah, at least initially. Nobody, um, nobody. They get things straightened out. You know, bring a veteran guy in there. Yeah, I could see that happening. Him, yeah. him giving that up. Um, Here, here's the here's the last one at Bob Groats on Twitter, Delco Times. Read them there. Uh, to me, it's more interesting here because Nick Sirianni has said, oh, if Shane leaves, I might take it back. Is is Brian Johnson, because he's going to be the new OC, is he going to call the plays? Or is Nick going to say, you know what? I don't have the history with this guy I had with Shane Steichen. I got to bring it back. I got to call plays. Yeah, that, I, I have thought about that too. Um, <clears throat> I think um... – I think Nick could probably do that. I think he could probably do it. I think he's learned um, how to balance things. He he does have a rapport um, with with all the the rest of the coaches on the staff. I think that could, I think it could work. I mean, I don't know if you want to mess with it. He's been really successful not calling these plays, but right. but but then he, he really, I mean, Steichen was a, just an excellent he was play a, caller. Shane I mean, Steichen is a great great yeah, play caller. I mean, the assumption that's guys, not going down is incorrect. I'm yeah. saying that right now. There today. are guys that can do that. I mean, uh, yeah, he Steichen's going to call the plays for sure. There, well, we know that. But there are guys that can do that. Sean Payton could do it. Yeah. Uh, Andy Reid can do it. Yeah. Oh, Andy's tremendous. And he, he might have someone actually verbalize the play, but 
believe me. I mean, makes that little check on the sheet, you yeah. know, like yeah. bang, bang. He's calling yeah. him. All right. The next several months, not hanging out with John McMullen or Ed Kratz or uh, Martin Frank. How do you fill the void in your life, Bob? You just made Bob. Bob's day. Yeah. Yeah. You just made his day. He doesn't have <laughs> yeah. to deal with us. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe match.com, something like that. Yeah, Maybe there match. we go. Yeah. Scroll right. There it is. I, I heard getting lucky. I've heard that's the place to go. Yeah. <laughs> There's G, no risk right. of anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> low risk, you know, high reward. I'd, I'd update the profile picture and lose the hoodie if I were you. Yeah. That, that's just a suggestion from uh, a good friend, Jody. This McDonald's. is as good as it gets, Jody. <laughs> Thanks, one to know one, buddy. Uh, right. Bob, always a pleasure, bud. You know, we're going to be tapping into you all off season. Take a couple of weeks. Good luck on match.com. And we'll get you back up here on Birds 365. I'll see you guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Thanks, Bob. The Dark Knight himself, Bob Groats, here with us on Birds 365. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We still got a couple of minutes to put a bow on the show. Stay with us. fans were cut from a different cloth born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life we believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible while we may be from different neighborhoods come sunday we are one and we will be heard Hondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Hi everybody, my name's Jason Lombardi, I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing, the second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online.
My name is uh, Fran Soleno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. These futures deals that the Eagles announced yesterday, a bunch of guys from the practice squad take futures deals. Um, Give us, give us what a futures deal actually is, what it means. Why wouldn't guys want to hit the free agent market? Do they really think a future deal is the way to go? Um, It's, it's standard operating procedure in the NFL. I get that, but for those who don't know exactly how that works and, and what it means, anything surprise you? Any of the futures guys that uh, signed yesterday no, with the most, most of the guys on the practice squad, you signed a futures deals. If you, if you like them, it's basically just what it says. It's, you know, the new league year doesn't start till March 15th or whatever. Um, and, and once you hit the off season, it's the so-called top 51 rule. Uh, when it comes to the salary cap um, until you get down to, and, and basically that's where the, you have to hit with the top 51 um, when you have to start uh, being in line with the salary cap, but future deals means, yeah, it starts on, you know, the start of the new league year and everybody builds up their 90 man rosters. And most guys remember uh, most guys, uh, on the practice squad or, um, you know, in the old days, it was all rookies and first year players. Now you can have some veterans on it. And you see a lot of the veterans don't sign the futures right. deal because they want to see what's out there and they want to see if they have a better opportunity. But as you say, it's standard operating procedure. The name that I guess jumped off the page for me was Davion Taylor. Cause he's a third round draft pick and, yeah. He's already a, a re- resolved to the fact that I, I'm a futures guy. Yeah, he could have looked around. I mean, he's a guy who could have, you know, but Davion likes it here, um, understands the organization, understand. And by the way, he'll have an opportunity again because, you know, presumably um, one of the two, TJ Edwards or Kaiser White's probably not going to be back. So, you know, there might be opportunity to get back on the, uh, the 53 man form. We shall see. All right. And uh, you expect, you said this during the show, you expect to hear from Harry Roseman sometime this week. Yep. Sometime this week. Uh, I expect could be today. Could be tomorrow. If they push it back, they're very busy this time of year. Um, so they have to do, you know, exit meetings, um, especially with this team too. You got to deal with the coaching staff and, all, all that's going on there. Um, but, you know, he's going to talk to us at some point. Um, although although Adam Schefter said yesterday it's a done deal that uh, the Eagles will be yeah, elevating well, their quarterback. Uh, that hasn't happened, and they do have to bring in guys from outside the organization and give them a cursory interview. 
Uh, that's why now he's got to be busy. Trying give it, to give it to. Sorry about you know, the time for John McMullen and his boys. Nothing against Adam Schefter because he's great uh, at his job, but uh, you know, there's a bunch of Eagles beat writers that told you Brian Johnson is a guy before Adam Schefter declared it. I'll just uh, say that. Agreed, and yeah, give you props because you said Gannon had the job when it wasn't official yet that he had the job, and guess what? He got the job, so Johnny Mac got that one 100% right. All right, partner, uh, whether you do or don't hear from Howie later on this afternoon, you will be back here with me tomorrow, right? Uh, that's the plan, unless Howie cuts me. It's a uh, football Friday here on Birds 365 in 2-2. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.